0: Father, I thank you so much uh, for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, I pray, um, teach us. Um, We're here, Lord, and uh, I pray that we come to know you better. Um, Lord, we get in the way of ourselves a lot. Uh, I pray that hearts would be open to what you have to teach and show, including my own. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would help me to preach your word and only your word that I wouldn't get in the way. I give you all the glory. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 <laughs> been a while. All right. How you guys doing today? Good, good. Hey, well, I haven't been up here in a while. We'll see if I remember how to do this. Um, I'm going to get started. I'm going to dive right in. I keep thinking I'm going to start the next series, and then, I mean, I'm on a journey, like a personal journey. Uh, I mean, we all are, but <clears throat> I, I feel like a lot of times... That's not true, not a lot of times. Sometimes you, some of you will come up and say, hey, that really spoke to me. Um, that's just me desperately asking for more. But anyway, uh, I'm just kidding. And when you do, I, I usually say something like, hey, I'm preaching to myself. Um, and I think you're like, oh, that's cute pastor talk. But that's, that's really what's happening. Uh, and, and today, and the last the last time I preached, I don't know, three weeks ago, four weeks, I don't know, um, was kind of part of that, and I, I, haven't, I haven't really left that area, that arena that I'm in. So last time I got a chance to talk to you guys, I talked about the realized Savior, right? Well, Todd, what does that mean? Of course I realize he's the Savior. Well, you know me. I'm going to show you the definition again because I just love words. And it's important for you to understand. The word "realize." a lot of times we think kind of means remember, right? Oh, I remember. Actually, it actually means something more than that. Realize the very first... <clears throat> A definition of realize and realized would mean finished, right? Is become fully aware of something as a fact, fact understand clearly. I like this one, give actual form, actual or physical form to it's not remembering something, it's acknowledging something as a fact, it's recognizing a fact. It's not remembering or realizing, <laughs> there you go, it's, it is realizing. It's not remembering or all of a sudden having an epiphany. It's, it's the understanding and something clicking of what reality is. And that makes sense, right? If you think about, oh, I realize I left my keys at home. What you're doing is remembering a fact. You didn't make your keys stay at home. You're just remembering that they're home, right? Make sense? <clears throat> Keep that in mind when we talk about the realized disciple. Who here's watched The Chosen? Who here likes The Chosen? That <laughs> is tricking you. Okay, Jacob hasn't watched it, but he likes it. Thank you, Jake. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, see you've arrived, man. That's probably the second time I said your name. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I love that show. I'm not caught up, so don't ask me or ruin anything about the previous season and a half. But I, I, uh, I want to watch a clip now. Before I, I was going to for man. I told you I can't. I don't remember how to talk. For impact purposes, I was just going to play it. However, I think it's important for you to know the background before I play it. Uh, In in it, um, Nicodemus, they kind of fill in some details just to create a narrative of what it could be, right? Nicodemus was a biblical character. He did exist. Uh, You know, he was a religious leader, top of the line, wealthy. He was even known among his... So he was like already elite because of his class, but he was elite of the elite, particularly in the show, and it shows that. He's married, successful, wealthy, and he comes and they start hearing about this Jesus guy. Now, the religious elite have heard this before. Messiahs have come and gone, and they don't like Messiahs, fake Messiahs, they shouldn't, but they also don't like <clears throat> people that are threatening their power, right, because he's talking about things that threaten their power. He's saying things and and questioning things and saying, where's God really at? Jesus comes and meets with him. Really powerful scene. We see that, right? And that's in Scripture. He talks about the whole being born again. What shall I be born again, right? That That whole thought. And you get the indication that he knows or believes that he is who he says he is or something special. And that's important to note. Now, he's supposed to go back, I believe, to Jerusalem, right? And eventually, and his wife is like, hey, we need to get going. He's like, I don't know. I think we should stay. She's like, we need to get going. You know, of course you need to do this. You're very well respected. You need to, you have responsibilities, et cetera, et cetera. Jesus tells him, hey, if you want to know more about me, meet me here at this time and come with me. Follow me. We're going to pick up the story there. Everyone, everyone's here. A friend of mine left that for us. It's enough for two weeks of food and lodging. You came so close. What do you mean? We need the gopher to make it to a camp in Tiberius by nightfall. Simon is correct. Should I have others? Clearly, Nicodemus is the guy crying behind the wall. <clears throat> it's a really powerful moment. You were so close. <clears throat> a lot of times I can think, and I think you do too, that you were with Simon and the rest of the group preparing to go, but the thing about it is, is I'm not sure that I'm Simon, and I'm not sure you are either. Sometimes we justify not following him by giving him an offering. I don't go, and I'm going to say it, even though it annoys you every week, and the fact that your mind's going to be mad proves it. I don't go to church every week, but I give my offering. I don't. I don't serve, but, but I give my offering. That's a big one. I don't give my offering, but I serve. I don't love this person, but that's okay because I love that person. I don't respect my husband, but I respect other men. I don't love my wife, but I love other people. What's the difference between that and leaving gold? It's easy to look at this show and relate to Simon because you think you're Simon. You're not Simon. Neither am I, most of the time. Because whatever that thing is, right, what you do with your girlfriend in the dark when no one's looking, hey, praise you, Jesus, on Sunday. Praise you, baby, on Monday. You're not willing to walk away from that warm body in the moment. You're not willing to walk away from work to be there for your family, husbands. And you justify it by the offering of providing for them. I don't have to spiritually lead them because I'm providing for them. Here's my gold. When you if you watch the show and you actually see what he had to give up and I do it too you're like, "Oh, just go. Just go if, I, if if he you see it, you've talked to him, you know what he knows. What more proof do you need? Do I need? It's interesting because I want to be clear that I'm talking to myself first because otherwise you're going to think I'm picking on you or being negative and I'm not. I'm talking to myself. And I am proud because you guys are the elite. You're the special. You are the long weekend warriors. Because you're still here. Look around, right? Look around. You're here. You had a long weekend. You had you could have given your offering. Come every other week, Lord. Nicodemus didn't want to give up his position. And what's interesting about it, I like, and again, we don't know, but it could have happened that way. His wife, and she doesn't come off as like a, she's kind of a nag, but she doesn't come off as an evil character. And it makes sense. No, honey, she's trying to encourage him. Don't give this up. Look how hard you've worked. And you get the sense that like, oh, well, if, if she hadn't said that, maybe he would have done it. But that's, that's, that's a lame. That's putting it on her because at the end of the day, he didn't want to follow Over the past couple of years, even starting with the Kingdom series, I feel like our church, especially with what's been going on in the world in 2020, tribes, all these things that we're talking about, and that's why when I say certain words like disciple or salvation, you zone out because you've heard everything. But there's a reason why Jesus talked about it all the time. I I can't stop being obsessed with with the idea that we are a powerless church, and I'm a powerless disciple. Right? Because why? Why am I constantly down? Why are my mood, why is my moods up and down so much? Why why am I you know why am I joyful far less than I'm anything else when it tells me that one of the fruits of the spirit is joy. And you try, right? You're doing everything right. Some of you, you've got the perfect family and the perfect job, and the and and you go to church and you slip through. And to me, you even look awesome because you serve here and you're here, but you're still miserable. And it's probably, right, and when I look at scripture, it's probably because you're not actually following him. Because peace, patience, love, joy, all those beautiful things are fruit of the Spirit. And Jesus said something really interesting, right? In John, I believe chapter 15, he says. I'm the vine. You are the branches, right? Isn't that that interesting? You want to grow fruit, you gotta be attached to him. How far away can a branch be from the vine before it's no longer attached? What if a bunch of other broken branches are saying, We're good? Do you go where the biggest pile is or do you go where the vine is? Stay with me. I've got this will go a little different than than you think because it has for me. This is going to seem like a crazy story out of nowhere. I'm telling you right now, based on what I just told you. but keep Nicodemus in mind and then there's a crazy story in Acts chapter 19. It's starting at verse 11. And you know what? I'm just going to let it. The church has started. Paul's going around, the apostles are performing miracles right? to establish their authority, to prove that what Jesus said is true, right? He needed They needed those powers. right They needed that proof. They didn't, the people. What separated Jesus from these other so-called messiahs? Well, the power that came with it, right? Let's read this, Acts chapter 19. You got to go for it, thanks. God was performing extraordinary miracles by Paul's hands, the apostle. So that even face cloths or aprons that had touched his skin were brought to the sick, and the diseases left him, and the evil spirits came out of them. Now, some of the intermentations, I hate that word, Jewish exorcists also attempted to pronounce the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I command you by the Jesus that Paul preaches. Seven sons of Sceva, Jewish high priests, were doing this. The evil spirit answered them, I know Jesus, and I recognize Paul, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they ran out of the house naked and wounded. When this became known to everyone who lived in Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, they became afraid. And the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high esteem. Did these Jews, you know, scriptures differentiate here. Did these Jewish exorcists, were they disciples of Jesus? But they said his name. They said his name. People sing the songs. So if they didn't actually follow Jesus, what was the benefit to claiming his name in that moment? It was the power. I want the power, right? But I don't want the power giver. I want the power but not the Messiah. And I get so... (laughs) frustrated with my with my church and guess this is i'm not challenging you here i'm not my church because so many of you come every week and you ignore what i'm going to say because you do exactly what i say you don't serve because you don't have to because you give here and gee anytime you start a sense with well i don't have to to be a christian you're already on the wrong track i know because i was that guy i don't have to go to church because i'm a christian i'm just justifying not following They wanted the power. So Nicodemus didn't want to give up the power. And the seventh son of Sceva wanted the power. But it ends in the same place. I won't follow. Or I'll well, follow a little. i follow kinda. This is a section you'll zone out on. But I'll read it Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 13. Jesus says this. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the, broad, the road broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who go through it. How narrow is the gate and difficult the road that leads to life, and few find it. Jump down to 21. Now everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father in heaven. Huh. Now, keep that in mind, because this is where you probably do what I do, and you, you kind of just gloss over this. But this is an interesting parallel. Do the will of my Father. Now, listen. On that day, many will say, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, drive out demons in your name, do many miracles in your name? Is that doing? Isn't that doing? I, I think you're smart, right? Things tell me to dumb it down. Did you know that public speaking they say, speak, speak to a third grader. That's what they say. They tell me that if I want to reach you, I should talk to you like you're a third grader. Look it up. I'm going to say that again. Jesus says, right, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, calls him Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my father and then we get doing the will right prophesy drive out demons do many miracles does that sound like things that we are to do yeah right right they are told to do that listen but listen to 23 then i will announce to them i never knew you depart from me you lawbreakers therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock i don't understand Acts, these are acts. You're telling me to act on them. Aren't these the ultimate acts, right? When you watch TV, the man with the most faith, isn't he the one that's casting out demons and prophesying and doing those things? Isn't that the man? So what do you mean, act on them, Lord? Well, it must not mean these kinds of things. What must it mean? Well, let's go back to the narrow gate. Only the one that will follow me through the narrow gate. Power doesn't prove it. Listen to this. Purpose doesn't prove it. Purpose doesn't prove it. Power doesn't prove it. Intention doesn't prove it. If it did, then everybody that has a good heart would get in. Good heart. Power doesn't seem to prove it. Now listen, guys, listen. This is me. Maybe you're not interested. For the one other person out there that's like me that wants to know what's wrong, there's a clue. For me, this is big. Did I not serve on the meal team in your name sometimes? Did I not watch the children sometimes when I felt like it? How dare the church ask me to serve when I said, and hold me to that? I've served every other time. Did I not preach in your name Didn't I go on mission trips in your name? Didn't I lead worship in your name? Didn't I play guitar in your name? Didn't I do these things in your name, Lord? Depends. Which road were you on while you were doing it? What do I mean by that? Before I get into this, this is what's getting me and hitting me different about this. Realizing what it is to be a disciple. I want you to think about this. Do people in the world... Have an issue with friendship? Does Instagram really have an issue with friendship? How many Instagram influencers with millions of followers are saying, "Hey, friends stink. Don't have them." Some of you are like, "Maybe." No, they don't, right? How many out there? How many really popular, you know, Instagram people or on TV says, "Hey, being in community is terrible." Who says taking care of the poor is horrible? Man, I can't, you remember that famous Instagram guy, Johnny the poor person hater? He's really famous. Oh, so you know why you don't know him? Because he doesn't exist. Nobody wants to follow a jerk, right? <clears throat> do, 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 does the world have a problem with love? Loving people? Well, Todd, if, okay, if not godly love, okay, uh, right? Love is kind, love is patient. Does the world have a problem with patient love? Not when it's for them. They do when it's for someone else, right? Do they have a problem with getting support? No, of course not. That's why we have all these nonprofit organizations, government organizations. So let me ask you this. If that's the case, right, community, love, fellowship, friendship, serving the poor, what's that sound like? What's Papa? Church, yeah, you'll yell out everything except when I ask you, church, is that not church? Did I not describe it? Not worship, Todd, Really? You ever been to a political rally? You ever been to a, a, you know, an event supporting certain social issues? They chant. What is that? Well, Todd, they're not worshiping God. I, well, do you? Ever, is that what you say to yourself when you say I'm just worshiping? Do you really care? Check, check, check. Listen. If that's the case, if they don't have a problem with community, fellowship, friendship, love, support, good marriages, healthy children, white picket fence, success in their jobs, right? Not doing drugs, right? Don't say, The world can say what they want, right? They might be, but at the end of the day, we have all these programs. Remember D.A.R.E.? I don't even know what it stands for. Don't arrest red people. I don't know. Right? I don't remember what it means. Anybody know what it means on top of that? Drug? <laughs> nice. Thank you. Right? Adaptation, right? There's a reason, and it's a good thing, and we're not saying it's a bad thing. What I'm saying is the world doesn't have a problem with that. Of course they want that. So if that's the case, and this is what's hitting me, friends, do a lot of those people go to church? Yeah. So what separates church people from disciples if they're doing all the things that we're supposed to do as Christians? This is is what's getting me. What I'm starting to realize is that what separates church people, all the people that we think isn't us, the church is filled with a bunch of fake Christians except for us, right? If if it isn't that, if it isn't going to church and it isn't, you know, serving and give money to the poor and all these things, what is it that separates it? Well, I'm starting to think that it's not what you do that separates the church people, from disciples. It's not what they do with the areas they're comfortable with and like. It's what they do with what they don't like. Listen. It's what they do with the parts of the Bible and the parts of Jesus they don't like. Do you hear me? I can already tell you're going, that's simple. No, let that sink in. Because now I am talking to some of you. See, your issue is you're judging your walk with Jesus based on what you like. You're basing your success, how close you are to him, by what you enjoy doing. Well, Todd, I don't enjoy being with kids. Sure you do, until you don't want to. I shared a quote from C.S. Lewis in uh, our kind of staff thread this week. is not planned, so I'm going to buy me time. All right, here we go. I, wanna, I wasn't going to read it, but I think it's so it's so fascinating, and it fits with this so well. Listen, it's kind of wordy. I'll skip to the parts that's good. He's talking about Christians right, and, and believers and, and all these things. He said, if so, that brings us right up against the real snag in all this drawing up of blueprints for a Christian society. Most of us are not really approaching the subject in order to find out what Christianity says we are approaching it in the hope of finding support for Christianity for the views of our own party. Plain speech. We, you don't, we don't go to the Bible to find out what the Bible says. We go to the Bible to find out support for what we believe. No one. <laughs> A Christian society is not going to arrive until most of us really want it. And we're not going to want it until we become fully Christians. I may repeat, do as you would be done. I'm do unto others as you have done to you. Till I'm black in the face, but I cannot really carry it out until I love my neighbor as myself. And I cannot learn to love my neighbor as myself till I learn to love God. And I cannot learn to love God except by learning to obey Him. Obedience isn't doing what you want to do. Obedience isn't doing what you want to do. Guys, maybe I'm the only one. That's fine, Lord. You just keep preaching to me. This is punching me. Obedience is following when it doesn't make sense, when it doesn't add up, right? Otherwise, it's just what I want to do. It's not thy will be done, Lord. It's my will. I just happens to be going along the way you're going. I'm following because him and I are heading down the same road right now, but what happens when he goes down the scary part of town? I'm not here to, I guess I should wait. It's what they do, what separates them is is their obedience to do what they don't want to do. Listen to me. It's what they do with what they're called to give up. Jesus is always going to ask for the thing that you're not willing to give up. Because it's in that thing that he's going to find out, and you know it, whether you truly believe in him. Does he always take it? No. And that's where some of you trick yourselves. You'll say, of course I love him more than this, the person or that, because you're just banking on him, never asking. It's in the idols they refuse to let go of. Let me explain something to you. Marriage and jobs, responsibilities are all acceptable idols in the American modern church. I've had people, marriage, jobs, responsibilities are all acceptable idols in the American church. But the, you're not listening. Because if you did, that's every single one of us. What separates them is what they do with their itching ears. You know, It tells us in the last days people have itching ears and they are going to look for teachers to tell them what they want to hear. And that will never be a Bible-believing church or a Bible-preaching church because inevitably it's going to rub up against what you don't want. Mm. I'm thinking. Come back to that. In Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 26, you've heard it before, right? Listen to this, please. Then he said to them, who do you think he is? Jesus, Yeah, that's him. If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself. If I don't want to step in a bear trap, am I denying myself? I'm conf- Dude, I'm telling you, I'm not going to talk to you like third graders. If there's a bear trap and I go, I don't want to step in that, am I denying myself? No, I don't want to be hurt by stepping in a bear trap. But if someone says... Todd, you have to let that guy punk you. It's funny, but it's not. Flag football, this happened two weeks ago. I haven't confessed this to anyone. This kid said at the end of the game, after I whooped all over him, but anyway, at the end of the game, he said to me, I'll whoop your, and I can't let it go. Because I can't, I can't, I can't let it go. I want, I, I feel there's a part of me that feels weak that I didn't, let, that I let that go. I'm not kidding. I've thought about it every day. That's embarrassing to tell you. You guys remember who it was, Right? I didn't know that's been in my that's horrible now i can i'm not saying it to say see i denied myself i didn't really i didn't act out but was that because i didn't want to or because there were people from the church watching i don't know it's what they do with their itching ears do they let truth speak into them or do they reject anyone or anything that doesn't itch their ears well, Todd, I don't reject you. I'm, I'm a member of this church. I don't know your heart, but I'm not blind. I have really good friends in this room that I worry about, blunt truth. Because sometimes I, you can say all the right things, and, and you'll even do the right things in front of me. And then I see the areas that no one's allowed to come into, no one's allowed to touch, no one's allowed to speak into, including God. And I think sometimes you only like me because I talk to you about grace and you think grace is a license to do what you want because you're serving in these other areas. That's not true. And I don't tell you because I don't want you upset. Let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me will save it. For what does it benefit someone if he gains the whole world and yet loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and that of the Father and the holy angels. Most of you are going, I don't do that. I'm not going to forfeit myself for the world. I don't do. I don't step on people. I don't hurt people. Yet, and maybe you'll never be called to. When I worked at the bank uh, for a while, um, my buddy that worked there too, he was in business, and I was kind of in the branch side of it. He told me when I first got there. He said, "Hey, Todd, I got some advice for you." He said, "You need to keep a folder of all your emails." that you send out and get sent back to you because you need to keep track because people in this, this organization will throw you under the bus to save themselves, okay? Now, none of you would do that, right? Now, here's the thing. That sounds good, but then I started thinking, am I, in a way, I'm kind of doing the same thing. So when I ask you if someone said at your job hey, so-and-so needs to be fired. We need to let go of one person. It's going to be one of you from your group. Your your buddy happens to be the boss. He's like, listen, I like you. I don't want it to be you. I don't want it to be these Let's That guy He's not quite as likable. He doesn't know us. Let's just say he's the cause of the problems. Now, everybody in the room goes, I wouldn't do that. Okay, well, if you're not going to do that, it, it could be one of us. You've put 30 years into this job. It's just one decision. See, it's, it's, you've got to bring it down to a level that's realistic for us, right? At this point in our life, we're not called, at least in America, though it's coming, we're not, a lot of times we're not putting guns to our heads literally and saying, do you believe Jesus or not, right? But right before I came up, Chris came up to me and said, man, we're blessed, and he showed me a picture, Chris Dow. He said, and it, and it was a headline from Fox News because the first thing I said was, this is real. Right, and he's and it was. This is the headline: Infant put in jail for life because parents had a Bible. An infant has been sentenced to life in prison because their parents had a Bible. We can't live when you hear that. You might relate to it and want to and care me too, but you don't. You can't relate to what it is to live in that. But you can relate to what it is to being told, well, you should give. But what are they doing with that money? I work really hard for this. And again, guys, listen, I use money not because I care about money, but because I like messing with you. And you care about money. I mean, we all care a little, right? You work hard for it. I'll never forget. I tell this story all the time. You guys remember the story? A guy who came here, we were talking about acts, and he said to me, and it's if you're new, I'm, I'm saying it for you because this stuff is real. And he said, we were reading out of Acts, where it's Acts 2, every church loves it, right? And they went from home to home and broke bed, and they sold the possessions and shared. And he goes, are you telling us to share? You're trying to get us to sell our house and stuff and give it to each other. And I said, no, I'm not, but what if God wanted you to? Right there. What if God wanted you to? What if God wanted you to go to church even if your spouse didn't want you to? And they might be angry at you. Well, being a good husband or a wife is, is biblical. It is. Loving others is important, but it's secondary to what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. When you look at this, he says, if anyone, anyone, if anyone wants to follow after me, he's got to deny himself. This is crazy to me. I've read this a billion times. There's no, like, this might be one of the characteristics. The, here is Jesus defining the characteristics of a disciple. If there's no denial in your life at all, if you're not denying yourself, then you're not following me. Why would he say that? Because to follow him is inevitably going to lead to a denial of your flesh. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life from, because of me will save it. And that could be literal. For whoever does, for what does it benefit if someone gains the whole world, yet loses or forfeit self? What does it gain if you gain a boyfriend but lose yourself in it? A girlfriend. Well, they look good. They sound good. They're from a good family. They look to part publicly. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words. Well, I'm not ashamed of you. Here's the thing. Jesus always, man, if he, this is what I'm learning. He's not going to let you go with good enough. Because the truth is, if you're ashamed of one part, you're ashamed of them all because at that moment you you're not following Jesus anymore you're following some gross character you created that just happens in it weird that Jesus just happens to not care about the things that you want to do Listen to this Luke chapter 14 same one now what's crazy about this is listen to the first sentence He's been preaching healing listen listen to the timing of this This is so important guys Look. I want you, the first sentence tells us the timing, leave it up there, it's fine. The first sentence, right, gives us the timing, and then listen to what he's saying. Now, great crowds were traveling with him, with him, he's popular. At his most popular, listen to what he says. So he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. The cross to us means glory and restoration and holiness. The cross to them meant death. They would have fully understood that that meant humiliating, embarrassing, disgusting death. It's not even a good clean one where they just chop your head off. This is embarrassing. The crowds are following him. He's at his most popular. And now he turns and says, if you don't hate your husband, father, mother, or wife, you can't follow me. Everybody's like, that's cool. You would not. You go, what's this lunatic talking about? He did this intentionally. Listen, for which of you wanting to build a tower doesn't first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, after he has laid the foundation and cannot finish it, all the onlookers will begin to ridicule him, saying, this man started to build and wasn't able to finish. Is the building what's going to determine whether the, the, the tower was built. I, I'm starting to build the tower so the tower's built, right? No. We're only gonna know the quality of the work when, when the tower's finished. Some of you in the room, you started building the tower, and you go, man, I've done, look how good I did there, and you haven't worked on the tower in three years because no one notices. You don't wanna work on the tower because you don't like tall things. Right? Now it's ridiculous, but you get the point. listen, Or what king going to war against another king will not first sit down and decide if he's able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000? Is that a pretty hopeful situation? I have 10,000. I'm going against 20. Whenever we read that, we're like, man, he's going to help us win. What if you're not going to win? What if he tells you to go into a battle you're not going to win? Why would that happen? Remember Acts? Weirdly, in the failure of those priests to cast out demons, what happened? People feared Jesus. And people began to know him. What happened to the apostles? Every single one of the apostles except one died a horrible death. And in their death, the seeds of faith were germinated. And look what's happened 2,000 years later. Because they were willing. Well, not first sit down and decide if he's able 10,000 to oppress the one who comes against 20,000. If not, while the other is still far off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. Who are you asking for peace with because you don't want to go into the fight? Because here's the creepy thing. If you're trying to make peace with a command of God, meaning I don't really want to do this. I'm going to look for a loophole. Who created the loophole? Who are you serving? Who did you send a delegation to to ask for help? Satan. I'm going to say it pure and clear. There's two sides. Jesus said that himself. And that's what's crazy. When we're not following him, we're working for the other kingdom, the domain. Remember? That's the only two options. It makes this thing less complicated, and then but harder. <laughs> in the same way, listen, because here's the connection. In the same way, therefore, every one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. Does renounce mean that you're going to go out right now and sell your car and your house? I don't, but are you willing? And here's the truth. You know in your heart right now if you're willing. You know it right now. But here's a clue. If you can't follow him in the small things, you certainly aren't going to follow him if he asks you to sell everything and give it to the poor. you got to find a villain too, right? There's a lot of people, I don't know, maybe it feels like a lot of people. A lot of you guys tell me there's like 10 people, but it feels like a lot. that don't like me, right? You know what's funny? Whenever they don't like me, they can't just say, I don't like Todd because he's weird looking and loud and arrogant or whatever. It always has to be, they have to attach, his gospel's distorted, he's false. I'm like, no, you just have to try to justify the fact you don't like me when you don't realize how scary what you're doing is because you're throwing the baby with the bathwater out. So go ahead, feel free to curse me and stone me. That's fine, I'm not trying to scare you, it's reality. Maybe I deserve it. But the message, Jesus that you're slandering, because I can fully tell you, I know that's not happening. I'm not preaching that. False. That's not happening. Good luck telling him it was because of me. Therefore, if any one of you does not renounce all his possessions, we want to, my point of that was we want to justify. We want to find a reason to not do what he says to do. Right? I forgive until someone does the really bad thing. But that's funny. The really bad thing changes based on the person. There are some that we know are really bad, right? We all say murder. Most cultures, murder is bad. We're more willing to forgive a murderer than people in our own church. I'm serious. Because when we bring him to church and say, this guy killed seven people, now he's saved. Hallelujah. What a good guy. Somebody in this church has a moral failing. That guy's a scumbag. He's not a real Christian. Have you ever let that sink in? Have you ever listened to these stories you're you're, you're applauding? They are incredible. But have you listened to what the person did? And I'm not, you know me, I love it. Praise God, because it puts into perspective, but we don't look at it the other way. It's easy to forgive and love people that aren't your neighbor. You didn't get that? Love your neighbor as yourself. Isn't it funny? He, he didn't say, what we would like him to say is, Love the person you don't know as yourself. It's easy to love those people. That annoying neighbor, right? Out in his underwear, mowing the lawn, right? If that's one of you, I'm sorry. <laughs> but you get it. That, it's, hard to, it's hard to love those people. But that's what we're called to do. And now listen, I added this because it's important. And at first it doesn't seem connected. But remember, Jesus said it all together. Now salt is good, but if salt should lose its taste, how it be made salty. If it isn't fit for the soil, for the manure pile, they throw it out. Let anyone has ears to hear. Listen, guys, I'm going to tell you right now, I feel like my ears were just open recently. right? We just preached on this, and it was true what I used on this a couple months ago, several months ago, about, you know, I don't even remember what the topic, but it was true then. But this part is also true. Either salt is salty or it's not. Well, it's kind of salt. We've talked about that. All right, cool. Throw some sugar on your burrito. Something weirdo in here is like, I do that every week. Anyway, you get what I mean. Let those sink in. Every time Jesus says, crucify your flesh. Crucify it. Kill it. Kill it. You already know what I'm going to say. Todd, you've preached on it. It means it's going to hurt. Yeah, but I hope this time you get it. Because it's kind of like lifting weights. And I've said this before. When you start, you lift 10 pounds, right? And it might hurt. If you've just started working out, I'm telling you right now, some of you guys even, you ain't going to admit it. You go right now and you take 10-pound dumbbells and you do three sets of 10, you ain't going to be bending your arms tomorrow. That's a fact. That ain't true, Todd. Yeah, it is. Okay? But, right, 10 pounds doesn't seem heavy, right? That's why men don't want to admit that. That's why they walk in and this is what they do with the, they grab the 80s and go, Right? If that's some of you in the room. Right? Because you'd rather do that than admit the truth. But here's the thing. To get to the 80s, you got to do the sets with the 10. So in order to get to a place in our life, and that's the beauty of Jesus. The beauty of our God is that he does love us and knows what's best for us. Many times he gives us opportunities to practice and strengthen our faith in small decisions. And that's why I mess with you and bring it up. It's not because I care. And those of you in the room, do you know how I know some of you are going, he's always trying to get us to come to his church and he's always trying to give us us his money. Because I know how you think because you're not thinking like a disciple. I'm saying that because in that thought you're having is my proof. If you can't consistently go to church, you can't consistently read the word, if you can't consistently get out of a relationship that you're not married in, that isn't healthy, isn't going anywhere, isn't following Jesus, then you're certainly not going to be ready to sell your house. And if you're not ready to sell your house, you're certainly not going to be ready to give up your life for the gospel. So some of you are going, oh, that's cool. I'll be ready when the gun comes, but I'm not going to be ready when I'm supposed to serve this week. But it's funny. You know, I love doing this to my people. I love it so much because I know you guys. You'll skip serving because you got a hiccup, but I bet you money if I call your work tomorrow. Hey, I'm here. You'll be dying, but you'll be there, right, because you got to get that green. You know how offended some of you have gotten when I've said that? Would you go to work with this cold? I don't really care if you're here or not, right? I mean, if you're sick, stay home. So other people in the room are like, Todd, quit telling sick people to come. That's not what I'm saying. But my point is, the heart behind that. Ain't none of you got convicted by that? You're fibbers. Because I know you, you money grubbers. Some of you all like that. And that's okay. I get it, right? And that's okay to be that in the kingdom, isn't it? Financial peace. That is good. Those are good things. But anything good that becomes the point becomes bad. You get it? What if someone you love says to hate someone else? We all will admit that's wrong. If you have a family member that says hate African Americans, you will all of you go, "That's wrong. I will not hate them." But if they say hate that guy because he wronged me, let's call him a bad person. Yeah, that's true. What's the difference? The only difference is the crowd says not to hate the person of different color. So which path are you on? So what's funny, man. That some of you guys, you when I say things like it's hard for me to let go of what that guy that that guy said to me. By the way, he did hit me a little too. All right, that's me justifying. But like, but but from my culture, the way I was raised, that's big deal. Like, I let him do that to me. And some of you are all going, that'd be easy for me. That's because you're a chicken. Right? That's not denial. I'm just being honest. Some of you are not scrappers. That's okay. That makes that part easier for you. But don't judge somebody else, right, who, who isn't. It's harder for them to deny themselves here. But you're okay because for you, denial means I don't have to serve my community. And that one's acceptable. Who says, well, you're going to go to jail for punching someone. You're not going to go to jail for not serving. So let me ask you a real question. Who are you following? Church culture or Jesus? Sometimes they go along the same path, right? I'm not saying it's all bad. But you could follow church culture and not follow Jesus, and the church will applaud. Because why? I'm going to bring it back to this again. It's so important. Jesus gives us a definition of disciple that's different than what we want to say. It's not about so much, right, sometimes, and stay with me, because if you take a sound bite of this, this is how you all justify. It's not so much about what you do, right? It's what you do or don't do to deny yourself. Right? Why, why, why is that so important to him? Why is it so important to him? Why? Because that's the only place, right, in the storm when the water's raging and he says step out of the boat. In that moment, we'll find out where your faith is. See, everybody's like, I would have stepped out on the boat. No, you wouldn't because you don't step into church, right? You ain't stepping out on a stormy lake when you ain't stepping out to church. I'm just being real with you. Yes, I would because it would be a miracle. There's a bunch of walking miracles in the room. Jesus gives us a definition of disciple. That is centered around one thing. This is hard to say. And the hope's coming, I promise. I got a hope here. But it starts with this part, the painful part. See, repentance, the idea of turning to Jesus, we always say it's so easy. That's why when people come up, and it's happened before, there's people in this room, right? I. I don't want to say his name. Let's just say his name. Jacob did this, all right? Jacob, you weren't expecting this. I'm not doing it just because your parents are here. But Jacob's story is cool. Let me tell you why. Because he was on this path, right? And he came up and he kept telling people around. He said, hey, I I, I like this and I like this part and I'm starting to get this part, but I'm not ready yet. I got to be ready. Why? Because he knew, right, the cost. You didn't have a problem with community, right? He's saying no. That's part of the reason that brought him here, right? He said that, the community, He knew that following Jesus, and that's why I love people that take it serious, to turn away from their own life means something's going to hurt. But trust means that whatever I'm willing to give up that's going to hurt is going to be what? Not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. The definition is Jesus is saying in his great love, man, I read it kind of angry because I'm trying to get your attention, but when he's saying count the cost, if you were saying it to a kid, hey, do you really want this? It's going to cost everything you have. Do you really want it? I love you enough to tell you the truth. I'm not going to do the bait and switch on you. That's why I don't like the false gospels that promise you health, wealth, and you know a good wife and a good life all the time. That's not real. And that's why when the, the storms come, right, that sandcastle crashes to the ground. The only foundation is the truth, and the truth is this is going to hurt sometimes. Sometimes following Jesus hurts, not just heals. See, a lot of times we come to church and we want to pick-me-up. And that's true. And we'll get to that in a second. But guys, please, I'm tearing up because it's hitting my heart. How much must he love us to give us the choice still? You can trade it if you want. If you want a life that's easy Here, I'll give it to you, even though it kills me to know what's going to happen. Or will you trust me right now, give it all up, and and it will hurt. But I promise you, that way, if you follow me, I'm going to take you somewhere that's so much better than you can even imagine, and the hurts that you have will someday not even be worth remembering. But it starts with crucifixion, and it starts with carrying the cross, and it starts with denying myself. Sometimes denying ourselves is like doing things when you don't feel worthy. Sometimes following, because there's a, there's a, a culture of self-hatred is glorified in the church. Right? It is. The, the humble people hate themselves. That's not real. Jesus doesn't want that. And some of you you have you can you've walked through life essentially creating an idol of well I'm just a stinker and I'm not good and that's why I fail because it's easy and everybody's going to clap and go he's so humble what if Simon did that well I'm not I can't step out of this boat I'm just a fisherman obedience is following and denying even your view of yourself do you get what I'm saying You see how tricky it can be? Sometimes it's God calling you to do something that you're not qualified for, and everybody goes, yeah, he's going to qualify. Yeah, but it's scary to take that first step. Every week I preach, it's scary because, guys, I've sinned in my life. I've done stupid stuff, and I've hurt people, and I've done things that, man, I'll probably carry my whole life. And every time I come up here, I'm like, is this going to be the day somebody chucks that in my face again? But I have two options. This just came up, and I'm not glorifying. I'm saying it's hard, and I don't want to do it. I'm not. This is why I'm crying, because I'm realizing where my heart is sometimes. This happened last year, you know, or two years ago. I don't remember. You guys remember we wrote the thing on Facebook? I mean, not Facebook, on Real Talk, about the pastor that we had the big national scandal in Warsaw, and all I said was that Jesus wants to save that guy as much as he cares about the girl that was hurt. That's all I said. And I'm telling you, they came from my head, right? And guess what? I, I wilted for a while. I was a coward. And I sit here and go, man, I'm, I'm like, that was nothing. It starts with denial. Jesus' definition of disciple isn't your definition. That's why I always joke, the Remnant House guys know this, right? And I do, please nod your head because I do like it. But a lot of times if I'm talking to someone serious, I go, don't nod your head. Because you don't actually, you're not, you're not really agreeing with me, right? Now everybody's gonna be afraid to nod your head. I want you to nod. It helps me know you're listening. But my point is sometimes like don't be so conditioned to nod that you're nodding to something that you don't really want to do yet. Let it hit, let your ears hear it. Well, I believe. So did the rich young ruler, and so did Nicodemus. You were so close. Jesus didn't judge him by the gold he gave. Jesus didn't say that because they had a good talk. He didn't say, "Hey, you're getting it." He said you were so close because you were so close to doing the one command that matters the most, that all the rest are follow me. Why must be well this is important. I want to tell I'm going to tell you why so you don't think it's just he's cruel. Why must we deny ourselves, carry the cross, crucify our flesh to follow Jesus? Because ourselves, you you don't actually want to follow God and don't want what's best for you. You by yourself doesn't know what's best for you, doesn't want what's best for you. It doesn't. So, God has, Jesus is saying, you have got to walk away from you, because you aren't going to want what's best for you. You know, a great example, and I'm not picking on people here, okay, we all have our vices, but I think this is funny. Every time I ever talk to someone that smokes, they're like, I know I should quit, Right? You know, right? In the long term, you should quit. This is, by the way, I didn't even talk, it's not a sin thing. I'm just talking about it could be drink, could be eating donuts. The point is, you say, I should stop. No, I should. But you don't, right? We, we don't always do what's best for us. We react. We're like animals or babies. So why do we have to be willing to let all of that go? Because, and this is important, in order to let go of ourselves, in order to crucify, die the flesh, in order to deny ourselves, all of this, because true faith can't have a fallback plan. True faith can't have a fallback plan. Some of you go, going, hmm, what do you mean? Exactly why I'm here. i got to teach you, right, this one part. Why? I'm learning. It can't have a fallback plan because true faith means trusting God, and you can't fully trust God, right, if you've got a fallback plan. Now, I'm going to tell you an easy example. We do this all the time. You can tell me all you want. I'm going to go, right now, your friend Todd, Josh, you, I'm going to, we're going to go up on a plane, and I am going to pack you, right, a parachute. I got a sheet at home, and I got a backpack, all right, and I'm going to make it, I'm going to give it to you, and you trust me right? I know you love me. We're buddies, except on basketball. And what's going to happen is I'm going to open a plane and you're going to jump right out, right? No. He says, no. Okay. <sighs> what if someone said, hey man, here. And then the guy comes up to you, right? And you got a plane, he goes, hey man, I know you care about your buddy. Here's an actual parachute. All right. I made it. You're going to, would you be more willing I know you may not jump out. Okay, somebody that wants to. Josh, I ain't jumping out. Me too. I ain't jumping out a plane regardless, right? But the point is, like, you can't say you trust a parachute while having a backup one there, right? Even think of parachutes. You don't really trust that first one. That's why they always have a backup one, right? Why'd they do that? Because some dude goes, you know what? We're putting way too much trust in this one parachute. We ought to have a backup, right? Why? Because somebody's one parachute didn't work. They probably had four, five, 50 times. You know what, guys? I don't know if you've noticed this. Sometimes these parachutes got holes in them. We ought to have another one. Good idea. That's what trust is. God doesn't want partial trust. You can't partially have faith. It's like Peter. We knew his, God called him to walk in the water because what do I'll walk out there. Call, if it's you, call me. And he's like, come on. And that's when if you read it, Peter goes, huh? <laughs> it's a stormy, I can't hear you. <laughs> come on. Because that's when we find out, what does Peter really believe? And you know the story, and it's true. His faith dwindled when he started focusing on all the other things. Now, here's where it gets deep. When he looked, is it actually the waves? Stay with me, guys. I'm about to give drop something that God dropped on me. And using this analogy, right, this story. He's walking on the waves. Was it actually the waves that caused him to fall? Okay, what was it? Everybody's going to say it. You were taught it. Lack of faith, right? But what was lack of faith meaning? This is kind of deep. So who, he was putting his trust in somebody else, and he knew that person was going to fail. Who was it? He, no, himself, right? I know, don't, that's classic Brandon. No, he's trying to fix it. Don't, right? Exactly. Listen to what I'm saying. It's kind of backwards. It's like, when he looked at those waves, he then realized, hi, I'm Peter. I used to fish. I can't walk on water. Right? If he puts faith in himself to walk on water, he's going to fail. The faith has to be in him. When we focus on ourselves, we inevitably, right, we recognize, and this is the real dark secret, is even the people in the world who make themselves their God, deep, deep down their anxiety comes because they know they're a terrible God. They're a powerless God. They're an untrustworthy God, aren't they? You ever done that? You ever... Ask yourself why you do the same thing over and over again. Because your way isn't trustworthy. But here's the great lie. You tell yourself it's because you're a Christian. Well, I'd have a boyfriend or girlfriend if I didn't have to stink and date a Christian. Some of you all say that, and ain't one person. So before anyone in the room goes, Todd's talking to me. No, I'm talking to the 70 people I've known in my life, right? First of all, the only Christians in the world, they're not just in this room, there's other Christians. Right, some of you are sad because you're like, mm, you're looking around. By the way, there's some eligible bachelors, bachelorettes, but I'm just saying, right? True faith can't have a fallback plan. It is Jesus, God. He wants our trust wholeheartedly, unashamedly. Whether that means looking foolish in the world's eyes, looking foolish to our spouse, being ran over by and talked trash to by some guy at a flag game. Whether it means losing a boyfriend or girlfriend over principles because you love God more than you love how he makes you feel. Sometimes, because he makes you sad sometimes too, doesn't he? Whether it means a financial loss because you're not going to cheat or do wrong. Or you're not going to sacrifice your family, or whether it means walking on water, God is going to make it so there is not a fallback plan to your faith, because if there is, it isn't faith. That's what, why I do it. Why is Todd always, why is he doing happy things about money and things? Because listen, I I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm preaching to myself, and I'm not doing this to play a game. I'm not. When I found him, I didn't do it because somebody paid me. It's real or it isn't. And I have to take it, take him at his word. And a lot of my sadness comes because I'm trying to follow a version that's culturally acceptable sometimes, even to you guys when it's not. When he says, stop worrying about that. Jesus, this is important. Jesus isn't just a purpose and Jesus isn't just a power, but he is power and purpose for those who put their faith in him. If you pursue him for the miracles, eventually it's, the bread's going to dry up. Because the miracles only happen where he is. And some of you spend all your time sitting at the mountain. Might be this building. When I do the right thing, he gives me bread. And you wonder why your faith is dead and miserable and dry. He isn't just a purpose. There's people that, you know, it's funny. I'm going to say this really clearly. There are people in this church who are going to walk out of here and think I was preaching to the guests, and you're wrong. You are wrong. And you need to repent. Repent. And you need to be, on you can't repent if you're not honest with yourself. It's just a small thing. That moment proves where your heart is. She's so gonna come play some music, and we talked about a couple weeks ago, like the realized savior and the importance of that, right? And how awesome it is when we realize that God is God and the promises He's made, right? Because if it's realized, then we walk different, right? Know, stay with me, guys. She looks nice, dressed dress well. Focus on me, all right? <clears throat> Not just guys, ladies. I know you judge. All right. Stay with I lost my own train of thought. But it's important. <clears throat> we talked about the realized Savior, but it's important to realize what it is to be a disciple and to stop fooling ourselves. Because life comes through death first. Death to our desires and trust in his way. Now, Todd, that sounds sad. What do I get out of that? You get purpose. You get power. And even more importantly, you get the promises. What has he promised you? Do you remember or do you get lost in everything you got to give up? I consider that our present sufferings are not worthy to be, be, to be compared to the glory that be revealed in us. I work out all things for the good of those who believe according to what? His purposes. He works out all things. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. He says, fear not, for I've overcome the world. There will be trials and tribulations, but I've won. I go to make a place for you. And if I go to make a place for you, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to come back to get you because I made the place for you. That's a promise. I'm gonna wipe away every tear from your eye, even the tear you have from that moment you had to sacrifice and give up that person or that thing, right? And by the way, if you're married, you don't get that option. Your faith is shown in how you walk that out. He says, I'll wipe away every tear. He's promised, behold, I will make all things new. I love you. I'll never let go of you. I will empower you. I will give you the counselor. Don't forget the counselor I've given you. Right? The spirit. Don't forget that I told you that Moses and the prophets would have longed for this day. They would have loved to be where you're at. To worship in spirit and truth and not at a building. To walk with saints and to serve What does he say, right? I created all this. Jesus said, Do you see the birds worrying about where they're gonna live? Right? Are the flowers what they're gonna wear? You're worth a lot more birds, right? You're worth a lot more than birds. I've got you. And I can get caught up sometimes in saying, Well, yeah, Lord, but what about the people that this happens to? I've already forgotten. I've I'm still basing it on my own. Uh, desires and not his promises, right? Let me ask you a question. Take a second. Let's play make believe because you're not always able to believe this. If you truly believe that the worst thing that could possibly happen to you is you die and immediately are in paradise with no worries, no shame, no fear, and complete love and peace, would you ever be afraid? Would you honestly? Can you even can can, can you even slow down your busy life enough to let that even be a fantasy? What else is his promises? He says, nothing can separate you from my love. Neither height nor depth, nor powers, nor principalities, nor angels or demons. Nobody will ever get in the way of my love for you. If God is for us, who is against us? These promises are what he promises you and all you have to do is follow him. What if it's scary? Follow me. What if it's dark? Follow me. What if I don't know where to go? Follow me. What if I'm hurt? Follow me. What if they hurt me? Trust me. What if there's no one else for me? Trust me. What if I lose my house? Trust me. What if I lose my job? Trust me. What if I can't find another person? What if this is the best that I can ever get? Trust me. And I will tell you this. This is for the disciples. Because again, if you go and only follow to get the power, you're going to miss it. Before his disciples... He knows the desires of your heart. What does that mean? If he loves you, right, Trent? If he loves you and he knows the desires of your heart and you're not getting it yet, right? But that's desires of your heart, then there's, there's only really two answers. Either he's gonna change that or it's coming and it's gonna be better than you ever thought of. know it's been a while you guys got in a while you got some of these short messages so you had to put up with a long one I apologize I'm back at least this week but I want to tell you what I'm thinking for myself and I mean this right when I think about those promises and it's funny man you know a long time ago I did a message and it sticks with me and some of you said it sticks with you right remember the moments remember the miracles the beauty is the moments we've had and the miracles we've seen are a reminder of the promises that he gives us and the fact that he keeps them, right? When I look back at my life and I see the fact that he has done things and allowed me to do things that make no flipping sense, right? Despite the fact that I'm hated or despite the fact that I did this, right? there's, there's hope in that because it's kind of like he gives you breadcrumbs sometimes. He's like, remember, I came through. That's what's so powerful about when he says, I am the God of what? Abraham, of Moses, of Isaac and Jacob. You think that's just because he liked those people? He's reminding you, what did I do for them? I'm still that God. I'm still that dude, right? I'm still him. I told you, young guys, I'm cool, right? They're like, no, you're not. I've got a re- I'm have got trying to come to the realization of what this disciple is and in giving up myself honestly, man, when I really let go, guys, when we stop fighting for our own way, when we release, there's peace, there's real peace. Because I'm not a very good God. <laughs> I'm a terrible one. So, no, no fancy words. I don't have a cool way to say it, but I guess my question is what are you realizing today? You content to just be a Christian? A lot of Christians in America, because remember they, they create the definition. A lot of Christians in America that aren't disciples. I want to go, right? I want to be where he's at. That's what this is all about. And even to say it, it's scary, isn't it? Because you know he goes to them crazy places. That's where the good stuff is. That's where the miracles are. And guys, if you're in the room and you're joyless and you're miserable, and your faith is dead and you're just it's just become an obligation the answer to the question the answer the reason is the same reason I'm finding for myself is you got to accept you're not really following him and it's bigger than I didn't read my bible this week and it's bigger than I didn't pray this week though those are part of it you're not following because you don't trust him anymore so when Todd says smile right guys and show joy and you don't want to do it you're not mad at me You know who you are. This moment, this time is for you and him. I say this all the time and no one believes it. The cameras even go off here during this. Maybe you need to know that during this prayer time. They shut off. And it's an opportunity for you to come to this altar and pray. And some of you, some of you just need to come up here. And some of you, you need to humble yourselves and pray with other people. I'm going to say that. Why? Because again, you think you're bigger than that, right? Why I talk to you, Lord, directly. That's true. But he also says What? Confess your sins to one another and you will be healed. Because the prayers of what? Righteous person are powerful indeed. I don't know what areas of your life, I know there are, it's all of us to a degree, but are you a disciple? Have you been living that way? Todd, does that mean I'm not saved? I didn't say that. Salvation comes through what? Belief in Jesus Christ. But are you a disciple? Or are you Nicodemus hiding behind the wall, leaving gold? And Jesus is saying, You're so close. You have an opportunity to respond to that, to be a disciple, to stop living your way. He is real, He does move, and He sees your situation. And I promise you, I don't know all of your situations, but I know He does, and He loves you. And if you'll follow Him when it's hard, when it's ugly, if you'll follow Him, He'll come through. That I 100% believe. If you're in the room and you don't know Jesus you know I've been watching the guys up here man they did they I kind of like I like how they tell the gospel the truth is we're a mess we've rejected God and because of that you've rejected God you don't believe in him as though he needs your belief to exist make no mistake right that's like jumping out of a plane and saying I don't believe in gravity so you can believe it all you want but inevitably you're going to come and meet ground and truth's going to be truth God is God. We've walked away from him, and because of that, sin entered the world. Sin is both the actions you do, and it's that ugliness in your heart that you can't fix, right? You ever notice that? You ever feel like it's like, think of a a, a balloon with a hole in it. There's a bunch of holes, and you plug one, and then water shoots out over here, and you plug that, and then you put your tongue on it, right, and your foot. It's like a cartoon. (laughs) Anyway, that's what it's like. You can't fix yourself. And because we are sinful, we cannot be in relationship with a perfect and holy God. We cannot. And so, God will give you your cho- He gives you your choice today, the same as he's given choice of every human, right? You can do one of two things. You can continue along your way, not believing in him, right off the cliff into hell, or you can put your faith in him, and he will save you. That's it. That's the option. Well, how does that happen? Well, listen, it's important to know the situation. Everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says that. It's not good enough. It's not kind of good. It's perfection. Are you perfect? No then you're going to hell. I know, not popular. That's a fact, and I love you enough to tell you that. Listen to me. You can be a good Christian and go to hell. Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Do you believe him? So, because of that, right, uh, the wages of sin are death, but, Luke, what's the other half? Yeah, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's the good news. So if you're in this room and you don't know Jesus, your life's, you're tired of running? Well, everybody thinks I'm a good Christian. Mommy says I am. Doesn't save you. You have an opportunity to respond to that. God came down, he invaded this earth to save you. Jesus Christ came for one purpose, that's to save us and to restore us back in relationship with him so we can have eternal life, that we can be forgiven. So what he did was he taught us how to live he died on the cross, but if he had for your sins, he stood in your way, your place for the execution you deserved. Now, if he did that, you would have just messed up again. So not only did he take care of that problem, but he does something crazy on the cross. He offers you something right now today. Give me your life and I'll give you mine. Repentance means turning away from it, coming to the cross. The Bible says if you confess your sins, that means admit what you are. Confess your sins. Believe in your heart. And say it, that Jesus Christ is Lord. You will be saved. That's it. And when we do that, he does this incredible thing. He takes our sin and gives us the benefits of his perfect life. And I promise you, it's all real. It's my my sin. It's all real. It's all real. Whatever you do today, whether you're someone that needs to refocus on following, right? Truly being a disciple like me, I'm in that place or whether you're someone who doesn't, or maybe you're someone that's just hurting and you're saying, God, I need a reminder of the promise this day. I need you to move in my life. I need you. Don't leave the same as you came in because if you do, you're choosing to.